The Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome on in. Howdy. Hey there. Hi there. Hey, man. It's the Movie Zone. Johnny Lightfoot, Austin Horton. How you been, Johnny? I have been super fabulous, brother. How about yourself? Super fabulous. Yeah, it's been a good week. See, most people have been super, they've been fabulous, but it takes a special breed during a pandemic yes. to say honestly, genuinely, they've been super fabulous. Well, would you like to know why? Did you win a lot of money? Nope. I went to the movies. Oh. <laughs> I did. I went I went <laughs> That's to second best. Yes. I went to the Cottonwood Megaplex and oh. I watched How to Build a Girl. Oh, what, the 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 one that just came out. Yes, I did. Yes, how was that it? One. You know what? Give I was a review of how I to build really a really liked it. It reminded me very much as as Larry talked to us about uh, a Sundance type of movie. Okay, but it's funny. It's hilarious. It's about the girl who is not really happy with her life and kind of picked on a little bit in school and finds this thing in the paper to uh, become a rock critic. And she's a writer, an English writer, and uh, she becomes this rock critic and goes through the whole ups and downs of the critic's life and it's it's really good did you like uh bernie feldstein i did bonnie what's her name um now i'm forgetting benny beanie beanie yes jonah hill's sister that's right beanie feldstein yes it's very good the only my only complaint i have about the movie and it's so minuscule is i had a hard time understanding lines because the accents were pretty thick oh were they and uh but i got used to it within about five minutes and then I could kind of hear everything either that or they changed it so they could start understanding or start speaking more clear so everyone could understand <laughs> it I'm not sure I want to think that my ears trained themselves yeah. to, to understand yeah. it better but other than that I thought it was great I loved it took me a while to figure out what time frame it was in and I finally figured it out it's in the early 90s okay because there's talks about Nirvana and Pearl Jam mm. and and what um Miss Wild, uh-huh. you know the stuff she review, the uh-huh. band she reviews. So it's really good. I would, I would recommend seeing it. And just to go out to the movie theater, and I have to say, I had a private screening of it. You were the only person. I was there. the only one there in the signature theater with those recliners? Yep, yep. Oh I was gosh. the only one there. That's so, my favorite theater. So, oh, mine too. I yeah. absolutely love that. So, what I'm getting at is, people, go out, see some movies. There's great movies being played right now, and they're going to start adding more times, like you know those daytime shows that we love, and more movies. If we can get more and more people going back to the theater. Yeah. So the more people that start going, the more movies we're going to get and be able to see in the theater, if if that makes sense. So what I'm saying is, go see some movies. Be safe. Be smart. But it's okay. You can do it and be fine. It was Everything was great. The the way that the Cottonwood Megaplex handled everything was professional. I felt totally safe. I brought my mega mug. I mean, my mega popcorn thing. You know, the the, the tub. Um, They didn't feel it. Fill it. They, uh, They put it in a bag. The, the popcorn in a bag, and then I was able to dump the, that in there. And it fit perfectly, you know, like oh, to wow. the top. So it was like not overflowing or so not they, enough. They've figured out the measurement they in a got, bag. They have it done, and then it fit perfectly in my mega tub. <laughs> and, and, and I felt 100% safe. I would have felt safe getting the ice cream, having them make me some uh, some wraps, whatever. It was perfectly taken care of. Awesome. So how to build a girl, this week's recommendation. Yeah, I liked it. I, was, I it. thought it was fun. And just the fact going out to a movie, man. And seeing something new. Yeah. And you'll just feel normal again. You will. Uh, All right. Now, this is a very short first segment of the show this week because 
Well, Johnny, we had a Kodak moment for Austin Horton's journal happen this week. Yes. You hooked us up with an interview that we that we pre-recorded, full full disclosure, yeah. pre-recorded. Yeah. And the reason we pre-recorded it is it's so it was so great that we've split it into two segments. That's right. And uh, the, I'm going on and on about the interview, but who is it? His name is David Moscow. Yep. And if you don't know him by name, I promise you've seen movies and shows that he's in. Like Big. That's right. The, the, the movie, Big. And the movie Newsies. And the movie Just Married. And the movie Honey with Jessica Alba. Riding in cars with boys. Riding in cars with boys. You know him from Broadway. You may and even what's know wrong him with from, this picture? You may even know him from a TV show he has. Okay, interesting. A yes. TV show he's currently in. Currently in. And a show that he was in. Right. Back in the day. That's right. And uh, he's your buddy. That's right. Mr. David Moscow. He's coming up next. Part one of our interview, and I'm fanboying already. You are. It's kind of funny. You're. You're. It's gonna be embarrassing. You're kind of sweating though. I, I. I don't get nervous talking to Donovan Mitchell. Right. Hopefully, I hid my nervousness well. I think you will. Okay. We'll I see. think you will. We'll see. Coming up next here on the Movie Zone. You're locked on to the Movie Zone. On 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back to segment two of The Movie Zone. Of course, soundtrack of the week, Newsies. What else could we possibly be doing because... Johnny, you not only are a world-famous rock star mm. that has worked for decades uh, in, the, in the industry and with one of the greatest soft rock bands of all time, but now those travails led you to one of my to be friends with one of my favorite actors of all time, our next guest. Why don't you introduce us to him? This is a good friend of mine and uh, a fabulous actor that we've known in many movies, and I think we're going to ask him some questions about it. This is David Moscow. David, how you doing, buddy? Hey, hey, happy to be here. Uh, I'm fanboying all over. Look, David, in my in my real <laughs> job, I interview sports athletes and coaches the, the world over and uh, all these legends. All my friends are like, oh, do you ever get nervous? I'm like, no. But now you're here on this show and I'm fanboying. So I'm going to try to tamp that all down. I don't want to turn into, what's that Chris Farley sketch where he's like, hey, uh, uh, re- remember when you were in Newsies? That, that was pretty cool. That was cool. <laughs> so I'm not going to try not to do that. But thanks for your time. Oh, my pleasure, man. This this already sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, you know, David. He's not joking. When I when I was texting him back and forth that you and I know each other and that I was going to have you come on the show, he he literally sent me back that what a big fanboy he was. He, you know, <laughs> like 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 a little girl seeing the Beatles for the first time in 1964 <laughs> type of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, Newsies does have a very special place in Utah. Like it's a wild scenario that's it's it's one of these movies that's kind of like in other places you know they show a rocky horror picture show on friday night so everybody dresses up and in, in utah it's newsies yeah so, that's uh, right it's absolutely right. We just had a big. We have a production of Newsies, the the Broadway, the the musical version, every year or somewhere here in Utah. And the pandemic, you know, closed all that down. 
but I think the biggest outcry was the Farmington City Newsies production is not going to go on. So you're absolutely right, David. It's got a special place in in the hearts of everyone out here, and not just that, but big, big is yeah. is, is huge. You know, to, yeah. to still and, and that's what I was going to well. say for those of, those people who don't know who David Moscow is. What's the matter with you, and where you been? <laughs> but. Most, I would say probably one of, not the biggest role, because you've done tons of huge roles, but my first introduction to you was obviously from the movie Big with Tom Hanks, and of course you've done Newsies that we just talked about, I believe Just Married as well, Yes, Riding in Cars mm-hmm. with Boys, mm-hmm. you have such a such an amazing film career, and uh, and I, I'm personally just honored to know that I got to hang out in Jamaica with him. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, my, my cousin... Uh, my cousin was working. Was he like a the, the tour manager, or he was something? He was um, our guitar tech. For he was your guitar tech. That's right. Yeah. And uh, he invited me down. I always wanted to see what, like, you know, how rock stars lived, and and I got invited to Jamaica to, to tour with the band for one uh, one uh, show. It was pretty fun. It was it was a lot of fun. We had a, we had a good time. But tell us now, you've you had a, a pretty long career with with Penny Marshall. And uh, yeah, talk, talk about that a little bit. Well, big was big was my second audition that I ever had, and I was eleven, and it was a sort of like an open casting call where they just got a bunch of eleven-year-old kids, and we sat down in the basement of some community center in the Bronx, and Penny was kind of sitting on a chair and would like point and ask us questions, and and I didn't get it because at the time it was. Um, Robert De Niro was playing the, the Tom Hanks role, and I don't look anything like Robert De Niro. And so didn't think anything of it. It was just another audition or the beginning of, of another audition. And then about six months later when it came on, she kind of she remembered that kid from the Bronx, and um, so they reached back out. And they, you know, I, at the time I looked like Hanks, and, um, and, I, and I got the call, you know, the offer, and uh, but they first made me go to because I hadn't been I had just started acting at that time. Uh, they made me go to an acting teacher for a week to see if I could act do it. And um, Kate McGregor Stewart, I guess, gave him a good report back saying that you know I could speak English and, and uh, read. <laughs> and so then I, I got the part. And then um, I would always run into Penny around. Uh, you know, we would. I ran into her at a Knicks game, and then she invited me to a Laker game. And, you know, um, she just always looked out for me. And then um, I got a call from her. She was doing a new film um, and that, that she wanted me to come in and read for it. And I walk in, and Drew Barrymore was sitting there writing Cards with Boys. And it so happened that one of my first dates ever was with Drew. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we had, like... Yeah, a buddy of mine, Lucas Haas, was doing a movie with Drew Barrymore. I had done a movie with him just prior. I was like 14, and he said, you should meet Drew. And so they were shooting in New York, and I remember, like, (laughs) I, such a 14-year-old, I was like, I'm going to take her someplace real cool. We're going to go to the Hard Rock Cafe. And we had chaperones, my mother. And then uh, at the end of the day, it was like at the end of lunch, um, a couple of her friends showed up and they were like 16, 17 years old. And they were like, we're going to go run around. You want to come with us? And I looked to my mom and my mom was like, no. Oh. And that was the end. <laughs> uh, that was the end of our date. But years later, that was probably the next time I ever saw Drew was in that audition. And then we ended up just chatting about 
whatever, 10 years ago. And, uh, and I knew I had the part. And then, um, so Penny hired me for that. And, and, and initially the character wasn't even written. The character didn't exist in the original script. And she was like, look, I want you to come and, and improv, um, with Steve, Steve Zahn, who, mm -hmm. um, played, uh, the main, um, the husband of Drew in, in, in writing. And, um, and so initially, um, I think, I think they had one scene for me and, um, Steve and I just hit it off and, and I ended up being a, a huge part of the movie. And, um, you know, she, Penny, um, holds a huge place in my heart. Um, she's one of those people that changed my life mm. and, uh, continue to look out for me. You know, she's from the Bronx too. So, so I think that was part of it. She's looking out for a fellow Bronx kid. And, um, yeah, she's just, a, she was one of those people who like, uh, you know, <laughs> on the outside was a little, uh, a little crusty, but on the inside, just a heart of gold. Mm. And, uh, she would yell at you and, and, but then always, um, you know, be the person to look out for you as well. So, uh, yeah, she changed my life. As you said that was your second audition, I was going to ask you later in the interview, but I'll ask you now, your advice to any young actors out there, I guess, is if you don't get your first audition, no worries, you'll get it the second one? Is that, and then you'll just become this big time movie star? <laughs> oh my goodness. I will say <laughs> that it takes a lot of luck. Um, you know, it's, it's that old adage that luck is, you know, preparation meets whatever like this preparation <laughs> preparation it's it's uh i think that i think that if i was going to give advice to an actor um today i would say that um this has to be the only thing that you think you can do like if there's any other possible job that you might like go do that <laughs> Because it's a really, really tough, tough industry. And, you know, you're only seeing kind of like the real, real top, top people who consistently work. Like when you see in magazines and on TV, that's such a small group. And the majority mm -hmm. of actors or people who call themselves actors, even, even the majority of people in the, in the union, in SAG, like I think the average person in SAG makes $5,000 a year. Wow. So it's a, it's a really tough, um, it's a really tough journey. But I will say, if you do make that journey because, you know, you love the process of it, then if you always lean into the work, into the art um, and you're not out there for like, you know, to be a billionaire or to be the most famous person on the planet, popularity. If you're there because you want to be an artist, then go for it. Good luck. It's it's definitely very, it kind of parallels the music industry in that, in that sense. I mean, there's obviously you see the, the big rock stars that are up there and there's, like you said, it's a small percentage of that, but the real wor working musician is, you know, scraping by paycheck to paycheck or slash gig to gig. And I can kind of see where yeah. the film industry kind of, kind of parallels that. But I want to talk briefly about we, you and I talked the other day and you mentioned you're going to be coming to Salt Lake and, uh, yeah. Tell me what you got going on here. So, uh, my wife and I created a show for A&E Networks last year called From Scratch. It's sort of a food and travel show. 
Um, I go to a chef, they give me a menu or a dish, and then I hunt, gather a row for every ingredient, and then we try and recreate the dish. Last year I did 10 episodes, took me around the world, and we did well enough that we got picked up for a second season, and, um, you know, it kind of looked a little shaky with the whole COVID of, of it all, um, but we decided to to do it and uh, to head out again, and my first stop is uh, is Salt Lake City. And uh, we're gonna do um, we're gonna do a restaurant in Park City uh, called Ute, and it's um, it's in the Albert Hotel up there, cool. uh, the Lodge of Blue Sky, and we're gonna be doing um, a mix of I think we're gonna be doing fishing holes that like Brigham Young used to like make sure the Mormons survived on their journey, and then we're gonna also look at some Native American dishes. Uh, there's a four corners potato that. Um, Everyone always thought that Peruvian potatoes were like the oldest, and now it turns out that this may have this may be uh, uh, the predecessor of those um, by a few thousand years. And wow. um, and we're going to make some stuff out of acorns, and it should be pretty amazing. The restaurant there is ridiculous. So, D- David, do you have a background in hunting and fishing and outdoors, or is this a, a new venture for you? So this is new. Um, one of the things that you know. I sort of alluded to my cousin uh, uh, who worked with Johnny is from Salt Lake. And my whole mom's side is is based in Salt Lake. So I've got like, I don't know, 60 cousins and second cousins and aunts and uncles. And that's where I spent my summers. And I would go up there and I was this New York kid who was an actor. And I would see all my cousins like fishing and hunting and you know, they were in construction, they could fix cars, and that's the total opposite of what, like, a New York actor does, and I always sort of, like, idolized, I idolized my grandpa, I mean, he was, you know, he was a, a railroad worker, uh, they homesteaded in Montana before everybody moved to Utah, and he was kind of like this huge figure, um, and I always... And when I was a kid, I would, like, mess around and fish and stuff. And then as an adult, I looked back and kind of felt like that part of me had was lost, right? That I wasn't able to do any of this stuff that, um, that I, you know, idolized my grandfather for. And I just had a kid at the same time. So it was like, all right, well, here's a chance for me to relearn these things um, and then also be able to teach my son how to do this. So the show is about somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. I'm, I'm the, I'm a lot of shows on TV now are about following experts around. Well, I'm somebody who like meets with experts to try and learn how to do stuff. And in the course of trying to learn how to do it, I'm showing, um, how much, uh, passion and knowledge and expertise goes into bringing the food that we eat to our table. Right. Um, we, we all sort of take it for granted. Uh, you go and you give somebody, you know, 10 bucks for a meal, eat it, you know, unconscious eating 15 minutes later, you're done. But this is an exploration of the fishermen, the hunters, the farmers who put that, put that meal on our plate and, um, and how hard work it is. So, um, I've learned. I'm still not an expert. <laughs> Even through ten episodes last season, I, I uh, fishing is not my strong suit, um, and uh, uh, I can pick. I can guard pretty good. I'm pretty good at that. 
So that's that's really cool. I, I I'm excited to see this. I I have to be totally honest. I haven't seen it yet. So where, where can the listeners check it out and find out about that? Where can they watch it? Obviously on A and E, but is there a certain day and time? Well, season one is on demand now, and okay. there are ten episodes that people can just go and check it out. And I I think we're going to be on a streamer. We're going to sign that deal very soon. So until it's signed, I don't know streaming-wise. Um, but season two, it's going to be Sundays, uh, 6 p.m. on FYI, um, which is one of the a networks. I don't know what the channel is there. FYI. It's, I think everyone around here probably has subscribed to FYI or knows yeah, of I think, FYI. I think it's yeah. pretty standard for us. Pretty, here. pretty yeah. mainstream. Uh, I want to ask you about uh, your Broadway and musical side of your career, uh, David. I, I've yeah. been sworn that I will ask you about <laughs> In the Heights uh, that you uh, produced uh, for Lin-Manuel Miranda. My wife is uh, obsessed with Lin-Manuel. I, I promise you if he committed murder, she'd still leave me for him. Uh, and I'm fine with it. That makes complete sense. Uh, well, I'm going to tell you about the murder today. <laughs> breaking news right here. So tell us about In the Heights uh, and your touch there, and then we'll also get back to, to Newsies in a minute. But tell us about In the Heights. Well, I have been working. Uh, a bunch of friends and I had a theater company in New York, and um, so we've been putting on plays there. I don't know, at that point, it had been about four years. And uh, my dad called me up one day and said that <clears throat> one of his business partner's kid had written 20 pages of music for a, for a play as his college thesis. And would I listen to it? Uh, you know, would I help him out? And I was like, oh, no, this is going to be a disaster. And, like, the last thing, whenever your parents call you and say, like, so-and-so's kid wants to get into business, you're just like, oh. But, um, and also, listen, you know, seeing bad theater, there's nothing worse in life than seeing bad theater being trapped, right? So, but against my best, you know, uh, uh, I said yes to my dad and uh, went down and Lynn and um, the people he was working with his college friends put up, um, you know, they sang a few songs for me. And about five minutes in, I was like, lock the doors. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. I can help them. So I, you know, workshopped it with them for a while, um, for about a year. And um, I found the main investor who uh, was a big Broadway investor. And she put in the three million bucks, get it off the ground. And I brought in the casting director and, um, and then, uh, and then it turned into in the Heights. Wow. Um, and, uh, it got a little, it got a little, uh, <laughs> there was some hiccups there, but, uh, yeah, we ended up winning the Tony and, and, um, and then Lynn became, yeah. Wow. You notice how he just skates over? Just, we won the Tony. Uh, that's yeah, all. That's, all that's cool. You know, yeah, whatever. <laughs> now, David, as we mentioned, Newsies is such a, a huge thing here in Utah. It's it's celebrated all the time, and everyone loves watching. In fact, we watched it, uh, my, my girl and I watched it not that long ago on uh, Disney+. Plus. But I want to ask you, can you give us some dirt on Christian Bale as a kid? <laughs> <laughs> Christian Bale as a kid. Well, you know, was he was he the troublemaker yeah. that uh, he could be perceived or not perceived as? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, when you get when you get a hundred, you know, guys, <laughs> kids, right, between the ages of whatever, 
13 and 18 on set. And uh, there's, there's, you know, not many adult, not much adult supervision. Um, I think the, the, we formed into, I don't know if you call them gangs, but it could be gangs. Okay. We formed into like groups and there were sort of the older kids and the younger kids. And, um, and if you and if you got caught walking around without your gang, then you might get uh, you might get jumped, quote unquote. Whoa! And uh, and they actually it was all in play, but they told us that um, that we that we, uh, we couldn't beat each other up and leave marks because they would show up on camera. So in, in general, it was mostly water balloons and uh, and you know wedgies and stuff like that. But if he and I shared a Neither of us were, you know, well-known at the time uh, or, or very famous at the time. So we shared a trailer, like, with an accordion wall in the middle. And um, our our bathrooms were next to each other. So, like, you could literally, if you sat in one bathroom, you could hear the other person in the other bathroom. And I would sing the national anthem very loud, and he <laughs> would sing God Save the Queen. <laughs> and, uh, and that was sort of our uh, – we, 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 we had a nice competition – going the whole time and he's a he's a good dude um i ran into him oh my goodness the last time i ran into him was right before uh i think he had won the golden globe for fighter the mm. fighter but was um you know the oscars were coming up and my girlfriend my fiance now wife and i had just she had given me for my birthday a um I mean, how to, how to use a straight razor to shave. Oh yes, it was like a it was like a, <laughs> a, a lesson. Like she had bought me a straight straight razor, and I went in, and um, and I had just so like the barber cuts one side of your face, and I was cutting the other side of my face, and so one side of my face was perfectly like <laughs> clean shaven, and the other side was like bleeding and patchy, <laughs> and and so then I walk out, <laughs> and I'm. Bleeding and patchy, and uh, she was. My wife was scolding me because the barber happened to be a very attractive woman, and I had nothing to do with that. But uh, <laughs> my wife was not happy that she bought uh, <laughs> this gift for me, so she's scolding me in the middle of the mall, and I'm like bloody on one side, and then I hear Moscow, and I look up, and it was Christian and his wife. And uh, wow. my wife happens to be a big fan of Newsies as well, so her jaw dropped open. <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Oh, meet my wife and uh, or my girlfriend." And uh, she didn't say a word. And I was like, "Well, she's going to be useless for this conversation." So, <laughs> but um, he's a good dude. Uh. Uh, and, and I was reading because I am a fan of news. I was reading once that you you got help from Mo's Def for your your dance audition. Do you know Mo's, or did, did. how did you happen upon Mo's? What's the story there? So, so um, I did a play in like a little underground. Um, it was the Green Street Cafe, and they had a basement that had a, a small, like maybe forty seater. And um, the playwright was this guy, Seth Z. Rosenfeld, who's um, a, a well-known writer now, and um, who his dad happened to be my math teacher, which was just sort of a confluence. But I did a play, and um, it was about two kids going to camp and their counselor. It was a three-man three play, and uh, one, of a, one of a 
there was another act. We were two one acts, and the other guy, the other act was um, Michael Imperioli was doing the play, who is known as uh, from The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my play, it was me and this other kid, and then our counselor was Dante. Um, oh, it's Dante's last name. Anyway, Dante, most deaf, formerly known as Dante, <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, and. You know, it was pre-most deaf, but he still was like the coolest person on the planet, you know, as a 16-year-old, and I was 14 or 15. And uh, and he, in in the play, he's teaching us how to dance. Hmm. And so um, that was my one, that, that's like the one dance I knew how to do was what most deaf had taught me in that play. So then uh, a year later, when I go in to, uh, to read for Newsies, and they, out of the blue, they're like, can you sing us a song? I was like, uh, so I sang acapella Stand By Me, which was the only real song I knew at that point. Nice. And, um, and then could you do a little dance for us? So I did this little, you know, shuffling and, wow. uh, and it, and it got me the part. And, and I think, you know, they, uh, they were really misled, um, because <laughs> I had, I had practiced that one dance for weeks on, on stage. And so it might've looked like I had some skill. Uh, and then, and then they they soon realize the mistake they made. <laughs> That's funny, actually. I couldn't I couldn't dance Too to good. save my life, man. Even I'm, if Mo's deaf, Tommy. Not, yeah, yeah, even if Mo's deaf, Tommy, I and, couldn't and, dance. And David, you're right. He is the coolest guy on the planet. That, there's no doubt about that. <laughs> All right, coming up next. That was part one of our interview with David Moscow. We got to break it up into two parts because. We were really selfish and oh, stole yeah. all of his time. We did. Uh, I, I really took advantage of having him on the show. So we'll have segment two, part two of our interview with actor, musician, dancer, all around cool guy, David Moscow, coming up next on The Movie Zone. You're locked on to The Movie Zone on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Segment three of the Movie Zone, Soundtrack of the Week Newsies. Why? Because here's part two of our interview with your friend, Johnny, David Moskett. My buddy. He's a good guy. Now, now David, is it true that you you actually did an episode or maybe a couple episodes of Seinfeld? I did an episode. An episode. I did. I did an episode, and and it it is one of the highlights of my career. (laughs) It's my favorite. My brother and and my favorite show growing up. With Seinfeld, and um, my favorite character on TV of all time is George Costanza, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just that New York. You know, we felt like it was a show about you know our sensibility, and um, I remember I went out to LA. I was 19. I went out to LA, and um, and my agent called me and said, "Hey, I'm going out just for." Maybe I was, I was 22, and I was going out just for play, just to see some friends. And my agent said, look, why don't you go for an audition? You can write the trip off. And I said, sure. I'm open. You got anything for me? I'll go. And so they called me up, and they're like, do you want to go on for Seinfeld? And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I walk in, and there's this, there's this weird thing that happens with when you're a New York actor is you'll – you audition, and and the people who you've been close with, you know, the people you see every week at auditions, they'll just disappear. There's like a, a small group, and one by one they'll disappear, and you'll be like, whatever happened to them? Did they stop? Or, and so I walk into this 
Seinfeld auditioned, and it's every New York actor that had disappeared from the East Coast was now living in L.A. And I was like, oh, my God. So I walk in, and we're all chatting, and then everyone's, like, being loud and boisterous in the in the room because, you know, I hadn't seen these guys in a long time. And uh, and then somebody walks out, and they go, Jerry's in there. <laughs> and we all are like, <gasps> and I think everybody got crazy nervous at that mm-hmm. point. And, uh, and I was auditioning for two roles. I was auditioning. It, it, the episode is like... Um, you know, they had those, like, multi-stories going on. Uh, uh, Kramer joined a gang, Van Buren boys. Yeah. And George's wife, George's fiance had just died from licking the stamps. The envelopes, and yeah. He was, <laughs> yeah, and, and the envelopes. And he was running her, um, oh, my goodness. Her trust. He was giving, like, a, um, yeah. her trust. And he was giving the kid, he was giving kids a, uh, a college um, scholarship uh, from her trust. And so I was auditioning for the gang leader, and I was auditioning for one of the college kids. And um, and I got some laughs in the room. Jerry laughed, and, you know, that's huge. And I walked out, and I was like, did he laugh because I was funny or because he thinks his lines are funny? <laughs> and, then, and then that night, my agent called me, and they were like, you got it. And uh, I called my brother up, and I was like, guess what? And he was like, no. And I was like, yeah. And he was like, no. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't know to say anything. And uh, and it was a neat, it was a fun experience. It was like, I had also done, I had just done a Broadway show, um, and my grandpa uh, was played by Jerry Stiller. Um, oh, wow. And so I walked onto the set, and, and Jerry Stiller's daughter-in-law, I don't know if if she was his daughter-in-law yet, but um, uh, Ben Stiller's wife, um, Christine Taylor, right? Could be wrong. Yes. Um, She was also on Seinfeld at the time. So I walked, and I knew, knew, obviously I knew Jerry, and and I had met Christine. And so um, I walked on the set, and I'm like, hey! Everyone's like, or they're like, hey! And I remember like, Jerry and Jason Alexander uh, were looking at me like, who is this kid who's like friends with half the people here? And um, <laughs> it was, it was magic. It was, I, I'd done TV before and it was, you know, doing sitcom is always so um, it's a, it's a very, very tense situation, you know, like getting laughs and like the execs are there and they come down, they give you notes and you have, you have two shows, you all week you rehearse and you got these two shows. And, um, and in this case, you showed up on Tuesday, midday to do the table read. You rehearse, and then, you know, half the cast went home. Um, and unless it was a, a scene that one of them, you know, really wanted to go over, everybody went home. Wednesday, you rehearsed. And Thursday, you did a show. Mm. And that was it. Wow. And there wow. Were no execs. No, nobody came down and gave notes because they had been doing it. I was year seven, I think. And uh, no one gave notes. And mm-hmm. it, was the, it was the smoothest, like, most sure-handed I've ever been on a, on a set. It was, it was magic. Unbelievable. Um, that, that makes sense because you're dealing with professionals in their field. Obviously, the show's been going a long time. It's like, come down, do your job, let's go. And get yeah, out of our yeah, way, yeah, David. Yeah. And let us let us win Emmys. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That, that's and, a- and Jerry obviously was protecting everybody. Like he's like, we don't need, you know, half the execs. They, they came out of business school, right? Why? Why is somebody, you know, with their MBA coming down and telling telling 
Jerry Seinfeld with or something funny or not. It's like, <laughs> um, so uh, right. yeah, that was that was pretty magic. You, you mentioned that Broadway show where Jerry Stiller played your grandpa, and uh, Faith Prince was in that show as well, and she had just won the Tony for playing Adelaide mm. in Guys and Dolls. And I only mentioned this. Dolls, yeah. I just finished a run as uh, as uh, Nathan Detroit. In guys and dolls, and we watched. No way! Oh yeah, yeah. And we watched my my uh, my Adelaide watched Faith Prince ad nauseum to try and just kind of carbon copy how she did it. Uh, and so it's crazy that you have that connection as well. What do you prefer? Do you prefer broad like musical Broadway on live stage, musical on t on uh, film, or just kind of uh, acting? What's your favorite part of your career there, David? Wow! I mean, they're all. It's kind of like um, each one has their own specific. I, mean, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll hearken it to being a musician. It's sort of like different instruments. Um, you know, Broadway is completely. You know, you're you're on a stage by yourself. Um, every night is a different um, performance, depending on. The audience, what you ate, like how you know where you're coming from. Um, it's that it's that high wire act uh, where, where there's no safety net, and and you have to be the kind of person who like you know is down to stand on the edge of the stage in front of two thousand people, and you know, and and really deserve it. Um, and that takes a very you know specific mindset, uh, and then. Um, and then in in you know TV or sitcom, it's much more of like um, you know you're you're trying to be amusing, um, and you know it's it's get the jokes done right. You're really beholden to the writer. Um, TV is definitely a writer's um, medium, and you're just trying not to ruin their work, or you're trying to do the best job, you know, getting you know their their jokes across. And then film is that that really sort of like um, it's really up close and personal, and and more of like an emotional journey where you can test things out and try, knowing that the editor will save you later, right? Um, so you can really play um, a little more there um, without having to worry about bombing in front of two thousand people. So they each have their own um, skill set. Uh, I mean, on Broadway, it's like, you know, how far your voice carries is as important as, you know, um, line memorization, uh, where in, in, on TV or, or films, that's not, that's not stuff that you need to, to work on. Um, and so there was a period of my time, of life, uh, of my career, there was a period where sort of, I really wanted to, work theater like i wanted to see what that was like and um and it's where i made my breakthrough as an actor i think you know i I had been a child actor where most of most of what your expectations are and this is before like child actors started getting nominated for academy awards like you see a lot of kids today who are extremely talented with like big toolboxes and 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 i was I was like a kid who, you know, I smiled and people thought I was cute and I was kind of charming. And that's how I, that's how my career started. And I didn't really need to, 
you know, cry on camera or, or have any kind of tools um, for any deep work um, until I got the Broadway show. And, um, and that was a very, I remember the producers were like, at the end of the Broadway show, my mom leaves and I had to cry. And I had never cried before. And, um, and so during rehearsals, I would be up there in front of everybody, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, what am I going to have for dinner later? Like, I'll be earnest. And then I would see my line. But I wasn't really there, right? Because I, I was coming from the film world where that wasn't part of, you know, how I worked. Um, and, and the producers are like, look, you have to cry. You have to make the audience cry. You need to get this done. And uh, they did all these things where they, like, they brought, like, these props of, like, I would look at these pictures of my family, and maybe that would make me cry. And, and, I, and it, was, it was really painful. It was a painful time because I couldn't do it. And, like, I would, my crying was like, boo-hoo, and it was not you know, particularly good. And then the last week of previews, you know, before we're going to go live, live, um, and the press is going to come, I decided that um, I read a, a story about Sean Penn, who decided to be the same character day one on the set of um, Pastimes, he was going to be Spicoli. And I was like, I wonder what that would be like. So I got up that morning and I was here all day and all day through the next day. And um, and there was this moment where it was the press night and I, you know, my mom leaves and I close the door and I turn around and tears are streaming down my face mm. and mm. I don't need to go and look at these pictures on the table or anything. I just stood there crying and uh, I got a standing ovation and and I was like, whatever that is, is great. Like that is acting. That's what I want to do. And so that's when I went and joined the Soul Theater Company. And, um, and that was probably the, you know, if there was a, you know, my happiest in the business it was then. It was like working in this really dingy little theater <laughs> with friends and trying things different. You call somebody at midnight and be like, "Hey, I have an idea. I want to do Sam Shepard's 4H Club. Will you come and build a set with me tomorrow?" And, mm-hmm. and then you put it up. And uh, and and I think you know some of my best work, my most freeing work, was there um, because I didn't owe anybody anything. I wasn't getting a paycheck and. I was just doing it because I was like flexing a muscle and uh, building a muscle. I, that was pretty magic. Um, wow, that was a tangent. <laughs> I hope. Oh, it's I hope all good, that, man. It's all good. It's it's, it's really good. interesting to hear all the all the wisdom and and stuff that you have, you know, from your career. It's I think it's inspiring for the the actors out there that are still coming up in the business to hear all these stories, and it's it's really good, man. And so it shows it matters to yes. you. Yes, it's actually a big part of your person, not just your career, but your big part of your person, David. That's that's uh, deep, I guess, is what I'm trying to say, is what you just shared with us. No, thank you, man. We've uh, we've been so <laughs> selfish of your time. We probably need to let you go and go hunt your dinner down for from scratch. <laughs> Coming up on FYI, check it out everywhere. That's it. Provide for the family. But again, I'm a huge fan, and uh, now I'm a bigger fan of Johnny because he knows you. So I guess I'll stop giving him. I'll stop giving him the business. (laughs) Oh, nice, (laughs) David. Thanks so much for your your life, Johnny. Oh, not at all, brother. Not at all. Hey, thanks. Thanks so much for uh, your time today, David. We appreciate it. And uh, when when you get here in Salt Lake, let's uh, let's let's meet up. I'll holler at you. We'll go. We'll go finish your grab a coffee. Love it, brother. (laughs) Thanks, David. God, that was so cool. I know I I I shouldn't fanboy. (laughs) 
I don't fanboy in the sports world, but then the movie zone comes around uh, and I turn into fanboy. You know, he's he's got a career, man, that's amazing. And he sounds like a really normal person. He's a normal guy. He's really cool. The times that we spent together in, uh, in Jamaica when we were out on tour was unbelievably cool. He was down to earth. He was super nice to everybody. And, man, I'm just straight up a genuine, nice person human being now you've gone gordon monson on us here you I keep have? reminding us that it was in jamaica sorry you get it you have, you hung out in, with with rock stars and actors <laughs> and musicians in jamaica Fine. did i mention jamaica <laughs> i hate you but uh thanks for setting that up and uh thanks to david what a great time that was absolutely what a good guy and that's gonna do it for this week's edition of the movie zone i dare say the most famous person that has been or will be on the the zone all week all week i like it well he's a good guy man sounds like it check out his show from scratch i'm gonna check it out actually tonight fyi network i think i it sounds really interesting so i'm excited to see that all right uh good show johnny i'll see you next week buddy thanks man that's johnny lightfoot for the great david moscow i'm austin horton we'll see you next week on the movie zone